We have one task, to proclaim the message of salvation in Jesus Christ. The whole church must be mobilized to bring the whole gospel to the whole world. This is our calling. These are our orders. Hello, everybody. My name is Janet Sewell. I am part of the team that puts together the conversation and impact group uh, material every month. This month, we are looking at the mobilization thread, and we are going to be talking to a global self-missionary who is working here in Europe and finding out how God is mobilizing non-European missionaries uh, that are actually working alongside European churches. And so I am here today with Brenda Amondi. Hi, Brenda. Hi, hi, Joe and Janet. <laughs> <laughs> He's also, incidentally, part of uh, the team that puts together the conversation and impact group material. So we are team members, and we're just uh, getting to know each other a little bit better in, in this conversation. Thank so, you. Brenda, who are you? Tell me, where are you from? Um, where are you based right now? What are you doing? Okay, um, as, as you've heard, my name is Brenda Amondi, and um, I am a Kenyan. So I come from Kenya originally, but currently I'm working in the capacity of a missionary here in um, Europe, so specifically in England, and I'm based in London. So I work with an Anglican church. And uh, so we are a team of missionaries from Kenya who, uh, yeah, got sent to this side of the world to come and evangelize Christ. That's great. So how long have you actually been here? So this is the fourth year. So we came here uh, in September of 2016, oh, wow. just in the middle of autumn. Yeah, you can imagine. <laughs> talk, of, talk of weather shock, not the culture <laughs> shock. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> what was the weather like in Kenya back, uh, uh, at that time of year? So we, we are a tropical country. So you can imagine we have sunshine most part of the year. We have one month of cold. And when I say cold, is like, 15 degrees <laughs> okay so yeah just to put this in context i was raised born and raised in iceland i don't even want to <laughs> we have one warm month of the year and that's about 15 oh, wow. to 20 degrees <laughs> oh wow it's, it's the opposite so we have one month of cold and it's it's honestly if it goes really low say 10 10 degrees and that's really cold for us so yeah that it was a good experience though <laughs> Yeah, I bet. So tell me about the project that you are doing um, here in London. So um, we are, um, it, it's a, what we're doing here is a partnership between three continents, actually. So oh, wow. three, three churches from three continents. So there's a church in Kenya, my sending church, which is Nairobi Chapel Church. And uh, so Nairobi Chapel has partnered, has been in partnership, actually, with a church in the U.S., uh, in Indianapolis, it's called Grace Church, and I think it's it, the partnership has been there for over twenty years. Oh, wow. Then, um, yeah, then recently we those two churches decided to partner with a church um, in London. Um, actually, the London Diocese um, under the Anglican Church, so that um, one of our visions as a church um, in Kenya is to plant churches, and uh, so the vision was by twenty twenty one to plant. 300 churches, and out of those 300, 30 of them would be gateway city churches. 
and London was one of the churches that, uh, well, one of the cities that we had hoped to plant a church. So hence the partnership between um, Kenya and the US and uh, London um, came to be. So yeah, the partnership, um, it, it started way before we came. So it was something that was being envisioned and birthed and uh, being prayed into then 2016. Um, four of us were sent here from Kenya and uh, two families from America. And our host church was um, a church in London, an Anglican church, which um, I currently serve at. How has the partnership actually impacted ministry here in London? Um, so one of the church, our host church really is, is I, I think it's a blessing because it's a church that, um, I'd say it's a multicultural church because I think there was a Sunday we had over 30 um, nationalities represented. So annually we, we, we decided to hold um, like a, an, an event that celebrates all the cultures that we have um, within the church. And um, through that, so many people felt appreciated and seen and acknowledged. And um, again, one of our one of the partner organizations that we have with a church in London is called Liabi London. And Liabi is um, it's a hostel that hosts international students. So again, there you get a, a whole pot of so many people from different parts of the world. And uh, we do pastoral ministry there. So we go there week, uh, weekly for their um, weekly devotions. And through that, so many of them came to join our church community. And through that, because these are people who come to London for short-term basis, two or three years at most. So these people um, immerse themselves, have immersed themselves in the church with serving, um, with their, some of them realizing their talent in music or um, teaching or just being part of the welcome team. And um, as much as we get to lose them after two, three years, the impact that they have they're living with is, is immense because um, someone goes back to their country and they actually decide to continue what they began in London. So we've had so many testimonies of people from different parts of the world. We have people from Kazakhstan who've gone back and uh, started a ministry in music uh, we've had people from Russia. Um, she, she went back and began a women's ministry. Um, we have someone from Brazil who came just uh, for a one-year service um, at Liabi London, joined St. Luke's Church. And uh, after his period, he went back to um, San Paulo and, and said he wants to become, to train as a pastor. So such t testimonies encourage us. And, and for sure, let me warn you, if, if you're a missionary, one of the things you won't see is tangible results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they don't tell you when they send you out to the missionary. But, but the Lord um, the long-term uh, impact that you get to experience is just, it's heartwarming, it's encouraging. And um, to be honest, as much as we, we, we currently don't have the church plan that we had hoped to have by now, four years in, I can say so many other churches have been planted through the people that came in, um, served with us, and they went back to their country. We have testimonies from China. Um, a lady came, she didn't know much about Christ, and she went back as one of the uh, people who want everyone in her family to know about Christ. And, and, and when I think of such things, it reminds you of why you actually do what you do as much as Amen. you can see immediate tangible results. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's, it seems yeah. like you guys are, are, are impacting the world, literally. You, I mean, you people in Kazakhstan, Russia, China, um, did you oh, mention yeah. Brazil? Like, I mean, it's incredible the impact that 
um, when we bring multiple cultures together, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it, it reaches all the way to their home countries and home cities. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and even going back, coming back to London, we've had people moving from the area that we are in, we're around Chelsea um, area, but people have moved back to North London or South London, and there they've gone to start other ministries. People have gone to train as ministers, people have started discipleship groups. And, and again, it's not just every part of the world, but even every part of this city gets impacted in that way. So it's, 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 and honestly, sometimes I sit back and I realize we need to start looking at church planting in a totally different way, not the traditional way. Because the traditional way was you come to a community, probably you have a building ready for people to come in and, and um, church becomes the building first before uh, the, the people around. But in, in this way, the way we've seen um, the impact is that you actually build a community around people. And that community gets to build another community of disciples wherever they go. So it, that in itself is church planting because you get to go back to the heart of church, which is a community of people who believe in the same faith um, in Jesus Christ and who want to grow together in, in the things of God. So, Amen. Uh, yeah, I think, I think my challenge here is I get so passionate when I talk about them, like people should stop looking at church planting as a building but to start looking at uh, as, as communities coming together. And it doesn't matter where you meet, you can meet in a house, you can meet in an open space. Uh, bless you if you have a building, hallelujah. Yeah. But if not, <laughs> that should not be a barrier. <laughs> and I mean, COVID-19 and the lockdowns have showed us that church can happen digitally also. Exactly, anywhere. Anywhere. And we're seeing that also in the persecuted churches um, in Iran mm -hmm. and, and around the globe. They, they meet on, on WhatsApp because it's a secure platform um, when they're exactly. unable to meet together physically. Yeah. Yeah. And we hear testimonies of these underground churches get to grow way faster than physical building churches. And we, we get to ask ourselves, what are we doing wrong? I think because they are building communities of people. Yet on this other side, we are so bent on building buildings and maintaining buildings that no one really wants to come into. And sometimes some of these buildings are intimidating, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like even this big building, like, do I really want to go in? You start questioning yourself, am I holy enough to go in? But yet it, it's, it's never about the building, but about the community of people that you get to disciple who... So you disciple disciples who make disciples. Amen. Exactly. So tell me, like, how, so what is your strategy? Like, how do you guys actually do that? So we, we've done basically, we've done this basically through relationships. And um, let me just say from my experience, the English are not the easiest people to <laughs> make friends with. <laughs> but, <laughs> but once you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But once you're friend with someone, you are sure that this is a long-term friend because it's taken so much consistency and um, that aspect of relationship. So it, it's intentionality, actually. Mm. So it's being very intentional. Being an African, we are very communal culture. It's, it's in our heads, it's what yours is mine and what's mine is yours. And it's ours because it's a community. So I think that that was an advantage for us because our strategy is through relationships. You make friendships and um, through that you, you get to share your faith with someone and someone also gets to be curious about 
um, you. And honestly, I have learned as much as I have taught people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have also learned a lot. I came, I came with so many misconceptions and uh, so to do with faith, to do with culture, to do with so many other things. And four years down the line, I can honestly say God has taken me from so far. <laughs> and um, and honestly, I've, I've come to appreciate my culture and, and other people's cultures as well. I've come to appreciate my way of doing church, the way I was brought up and from where I was coming from. And uh, I've come to appreciate the way church is being done here. And mm. uh, through that, I've known when to challenge and when to actually just appreciate yeah. and, 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 and say, wow, I didn't know things can be done this way. And yeah. you get to learn and relearn and unlearn. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's actually one of my favorite things about, about traveling um, is because you get to understand your own culture by, mm-hmm. by encountering other cultures. Oh, by yeah. realizing, by realizing, hang on a minute, I've always done it this way, but you don't know that there's a different way of doing it until you encounter exactly. another culture that does it differently. And then you go, huh, I exactly. did not think that way, you know, and it, yeah. it, it broadens our horizons. That's what I love about traveling and meeting different cultures and, and, and different people. Oh, yes, yes. And, 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 and as much as it is, it has its own challenges and uh, um, other things. So one of the biggest challenges working because we were working um, an English team, an American church, and a Kenyan church. <laughs> say, Sounds like the yes. beginning of a bad joke. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I, I, you know, a Kenyan church and an American church and an English church went to a bar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and this happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of our biggest challenges was communication. So mm. coming from a Kenyan background, it's uh, our, our fastest way of communicating is uh, if it's really urgent, you call. If it's semi-urgent, you text. And if it's, you're not expecting a response immediately, you just email. We're not an emailing culture. Coming here, the, it's the other way around. It's email, and then text, and then calling, like the last resort. And most of the time, I would receive emails, and someone would be offended because I don't reply as soon as they want me to. Mm-hmm. And for me, in my head, I'm like, if it's really urgent, you could have called. But just talking through all those, we were able to see, actually, the small things actually also matter. Things like communication, we may overlook them, but it's a small bit of building a relationship that come to build a big thing. So we, we were able to work through the communication that everyone put forward their way of communicating like if it's urgent for me please call me if it's really urgent and you want a response back but emailing but I'm also learning to email as soon as possible so it's coming to a compromise and realizing you have to also immerse yourself in this other person's world and they have to be willing to immerse yourself in in your world as well yeah it's 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 a two-way street of being willing to give and take to being willing to like saying okay in this culture and realizing also that these are cultural differences and not Mm -hmm. you know i mean that could possibly viewed as being lazy you know she never checks her email but it's not it's just a different cultural way of of doing things and it's 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 stopping and asking ourselves those questions and saying okay mm-hmm. this is happening and it's a consistent thing is it a personal issue is it a cultural issue and then yeah. just being open to having the conversations 
Yes, I think yeah, the, the, have... the biggest the biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it has taken place. <laughs> yes, actually, yes, everyone has the conversation in their head. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it needs to be verbally processed. <laughs> exactly, you have to spell it out, spell yeah. it out in a respectful manner, in an appreciative manner, and in a very humble way that you're willing to learn as well as receive criticisms yeah so and on the other side funny stories of, of difference in culture a big one for me was food oh, and yeah. um our first meal going to to uh, someone invited us to their house and uh, we are not again a sandwich culture or a cheese culture cheese and crackers so we go in and i asked my my, my kenyan colleague and friends i'm like wait, is this the food or food is coming? <laughs> and for us to give a Kenyan sandwich for dinner, they're like, wait, this, this is an appetizer. This is not food. Exactly. But cheese and crackers. We are not a cheese country. And I've come to learn how to eat cheese in this country. Mm. Well, being French, like I love cheese and I can make a whole meal of a really good baguette with a really good camembert. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> oh, well, us bread is only for breakfast, nothing else. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So you're here and you're planting churches. What are some of the issues that come up in planting a multicultural or multi-ethnic church? Um, it's, it's especially with a church that has more than actually more than 20 nationalities represented, um, on a Sunday. That's a lot. One of our big, it it is a lot. One of our biggest challenges is ensuring that each, each one of those cultures feels acknowledged Mm. and represented in a way. So I'm really glad that, um, our leadership did reflect that in a way, not in its, in its entirety, but, um, you could see like our leadership and our congregation, there was, there was a merging point. Having mm. said that, um, during our services are English led. So that means, and not everyone's uh, first language is English. So one of the biggest challenges is trying to incorporate someone who is, um, give an example, Iranian, and they don't know much English. Uh, but you still want them to hear the message or um, someone who's coming from Kenya and probably Swahili is more understandable than, than English. Or um, So language was one of the biggest challenges and it still is at this point. So someone who's speaking up front, because um, I've also done speaking engagements, you have to be mindful of those people who English is not their first language and they would not really grasp as fast as someone who speaks English every day. So you but have to complicated be, concepts even. Exactly. You have to use illustrations that they would understand easily. You have to use um, English words that are simple enough to understand and avoid ambiguous English as much as you really want to put your concept um, or your message across. Or so la- languages. Even cultural references. Exactly. Even cultural references, that's, that's very true because an illustration that may be okay to you and some other cultures will find it offensive. So you, you have to really do your research. It's not just a matter of calling your church a multicultural church or a multinational church, but in the deep of things, how are you doing to incorporate everyone to feel acknowledged and um, 
celebrated really. So yeah. I, I'd say lang- language has been one of our biggest barriers. And um, again, being in the host culture, English, uh, you, you'd find like over 50% of the things will be done the English way as much as it, it, it welcomes all other cultures. Uh, because it's a host culture, so that's how they know how to do things. That's how they have done things most of the times. So there's, there's also the space to to learn, but we always go to the automatic state when, especially when things are challenging, you will go back to what you're used to doing. So at least 50-60% of the things that we do are are. In, they reflect the English culture more than all the other cultures. Um, but, but one of the ways we have tried to um, counter that is we we made sure that annually we did um, like multicultural events that, so we'd bring, people would bring food from their cultures, you'd dress from your culture and we'll just come together and eat together. So I get to eat food from um, another culture and I get to appreciate more. And from there, I get to have a conversation, ask questions, ask recipes. And and in that, it opens a door to even meet outside that comp- that event or outside the Sunday services. And you're like, yeah, we should have coffee during the week. And, and it shows interest. It shows that you're actually really interested in this person. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things, one of the things that we've learned is also um, inviting people over to your home. Yes. That is a huge thing, especially for people in the majority world where, I mean, just, I mean, being married to an Iranian, realizing how much there's so much into into each other's lives. They're constantly at at each other's homes. And like in Iceland, growing up in Iceland, Mm -hmm. that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, like we would go over to their house here and there, but it was more of an official thing. It wasn't this, this, this constant kind of, um, Mm -hmm. coming and going. And just one of the things that we've realized just moving here to London is the importance of having people over to your home, because Mm -hmm. in a sense, it makes you vulnerable having a person over Mm -hmm. and it, and in a way, it, it opens up the possibility of a conversation that a coffee shop um, conversation wouldn't. Exactly. More yes, intimate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's one of the things I found very, um, not really weird, but I was taken aback because people are not readily open to mm-hmm. um, inviting you to their homes. Well, in Kenya, especially with your group of friends, you just tell, tell someone, please just pop by my house anytime. And if I'm not there, I will leave the key for you and you just go in and cook. I was used to that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So even, yeah, even here when I used to invite people over to my house, some would find it a bit weird and they'd prefer a coffee shop than a home. Mm. But um, eventually more and more people, they came to accept the invitation and some of them inviting me to their homes and honestly that's where you become as you've said vulnerable and open someone gets to see you beyond the pulpit or beyond a Sunday service or beyond just the face value and they 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 appreciate you more because they see oh my goodness we actually have similarities or oh I like the difference that you have and I can learn from that yeah. so yeah just that that invitation inviting people into your space and them allowing you to be into their spaces it's an uncomfortable thing (laughs) so anyway brenda i think that's probably all the time we have for today 
thank you so, so much for being willing to open yourself up this way and, and, and sharing your experiences. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with everybody before we, we finish here today? I think uh, my parting shot is uh, to the rest of Europe, uh, me included, because now I live here, is um, as a host continent or as a host culture, I think one of the things that uh, we can do to the people coming into our spaces is to be men of peace and to actually be open to allowing such partnerships to happen, because actually Jesus calls us to do this. And um, I'm fascinated. Jesus did it so well with his 12 disciples, even beyond outside his 12 disciples. They were from different backgrounds, different um, careers. You can imagine putting a tax collector in Simon the Zealot, who was against the Roman Empire. And in a way, Jesus calls them and, and he called them under one culture in Christ. And I think that's what God is calling us into. Uh, be it with um, our racial diversities, be it with our cultural diversities, be it our faith diversities, whether evangelical or Anglican or Pentecostal. I think we are all called under the umbrella of Christ. And uh, we need to go back to the heart of that. And, and, and it's time to really put unnecessary differences aside and come together and work together as, as a church, as the body of Christ. To, to bring people to, to Christ. And uh, yeah, to, to the Great Commission is, he didn't call specific people, he just told his top disciples, go to the rest of the world. And the rest of the world is all of us. And, and honestly, if, if they hadn't done that, you and me would never have had the message of Christ. So it's, it's, exactly. it's upon ourselves to pay, uh, pay it forward and yeah. continue what, what um, Christ left for us to do. Yeah, so unity and diversity. I think I think that's the the key takeaway from this is universe, unity and diversity. We are diverse. We come from different cultures, different ways of doing things, with uh, different understandings, different basic instincts, and it's just being open to communicate with one another, to being open to learning from one another, and to include yeah. one another in in our home culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brenda, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. We hope that you enjoyed uh, this month's Mobilization Thread podcast. And we will be talking to you guys soon. It comes more natural to us to shout the gospel at people from a distance than to involve ourselves deeply in their lives, to think ourselves into their problems and into their culture and to feel with them in their pain.